Welcome to Business Acumen. I'm Roy Browning, your host, and today I have a special guest. B. Rogers is in the house. This is Brian Rogers. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming in. No, thanks for the opportunity. I'm excited. Yeah. I, you have so much information in your head. I cannot wait to dive into it. You have had a phenomenal career so far, and it's not like your career is anywhere close to over. And I say career because most of it's been in sports. Yeah. Um, starting off at Walsh University, you uh, were a major player there. Uh, tell me a little bit about that time playing football. Yeah, um, you know, I was a guy, I'm originally from Kent, Ohio, three-sport athlete, football, wrestling, and track, and football was always kind of my main thing, and always had a goal of, you know, playing at the highest level, so ended up at, ended up at Walsh University, which is going to be a great fit, you know, D2, D2 school down in North Canton, and just, you know, I can attribute a lot of my time at that university, and also who my coaches recruited as far as, like, players and talents, so and just, like, my overall shaping and upbringing as my professional career kind of transformed, but, I mean, one of the best four years of my life, but at the same time, like, I can't tell you the score of any game except for my last one. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things where it was just the the experience and the camaraderie. My, you know, our coaches did a good job recruiting good Northeast Ohio kids. And, you know, it was, it was great. It was great. That's yeah. awesome. And so then you went from football to mixed martial arts, yeah. and you had a, a phenomenal career in mixed martial arts. So, um, Strike Force for a little while, internationally with Bellator. Um, what was that experience like? So, you know, it's funny. So I graduated Walsh University in, two, in the spring of 2006. Ultimate Fighter kind of came back out, I think, in 2005. And I was looking at this on TV, and they're doing the first tough episodes. And I was like, I think I could, I think I could do this. I could get into it. So my first mixed martial arts experience um, was actually, I, I just Googled, I Googled something. And no one, you know, especially then, like, MMA people aren't through always the best business people, but let alone like their SEO is not all over the place. So the only place I found was a gym in a mentor, Ohio, actually. And I went up to a call Griffin Raw Academy by Jason Dent the summer before my final senior, senior year. And I went up there and Jason was a guy who fought all over the place and was a UFC guy and fought at 155. And he tapped me <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of times, was way smaller than me. And then, you know, then I went into my senior year, but I was long story short, the bug bit me. So I got out of Walsh in 06 and then started just looking around for opportunities to still compete and still be active. You know, I knew I wasn't professional, you know, NFL good, but I knew I, I as MMA was exploding and booming at the same time, these student loans were coming in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is my opportunity here to make some money and do some things. So, you know, really it was that. I just wanted to still keep competing. You know, very often when you finish up college athletics, you kind of lose your identity a little bit, you know, when you've been doing something since you were a kid. So it was really an outlet because um. Small, funny story. My friends reminded me of recently. I was actually kicked out of my last game at Walsh University. Really? Yeah. We were, uh, uh, long story short, we uh, threw like a 107-yard interception the other way to, to ice the game the other way for them. And I was out on kick return. This guy tried to hit me from behind. I hip-tossed him. My helmet came off. I started trying to punch him. <laughs> the refs kicked me out. But at the same time, we laughed because it was like the birth of my MMA career. Like literally football was done. I was pissed, <laughs> so I started fighting. So, wow, that's yeah. a great story, yeah. man. <clears throat> it's funny you're you're, you're very humble, but um, uh, all conference linebacker while you're at Walsh. So, I mean, you said maybe not NFL material, but it actually seemed to work out really well as you went into yeah. MMA. Uh, you you won several fights in Bellator, mm -hmm. which obviously boosted your career, but. 
uh, now you've been a professional athlete and now entrepreneur, and you're running an ad agency that's a creative ad, uh, creative ad agency, mm -hmm. uh, and that's out of Colorado. Correct. Uh, meanwhile, hustling all the way, you, you never stop hustling. No, I can't. And uh, and it's interesting that you you talked about you you started your career as MMA and it kind of morphed into who you were there, but. Uh, especially as a branding person, the personal brand as a fighter, the personal brand as, as who you are. And, and how did that develop when you were at Bellator and, and through Strikeforce and things like that? Yeah, you know, it's I've always just, you know, had good relationships with all the organizations and the professions that I work with because, you know, even though my, my background is originally in education, I've always been kind of an operational organizational person and, and like just flow and organization. And so during my time at Bellator, Bellator kind of recognized just, you know, having a little bit more professional experience and education than a lot of other fighters. So, um, um, a good friend of mine, good now friend of mine, George Pappas, was the VP of Sales for Bellator, um, along with Bjorn Rebbe, the former CEO, and uh, Tim, who's the president. And they just started taking me to events like MTV Awards, BET Awards, um, sitting on some meetings. You know what I mean? I was almost kind of like an active fighter intern. Um, got to go to you know Europe to, for Sportel, which is the world's largest sports multimedia marketing convention, and just really started just learning a lot about just different types of business and things like that. So um, really that kind of time of being able to be in the front of house as a fighter and an athlete and like understanding the ticket world and how to market and promote, but then also hearing about what they were doing on the back end, like it kind of just morphed my, kind of morphed my worlds, if you will, uh, in that respect. Um, so just, you know, a couple of years later, you know, I kind of got my feet in the water with some different traditional business in Denver and then um, met my now business partner, opened up an own creative shop. And, uh, you know, we're very branding, design, content creation uh, focus, you know, I mean, digital marketing as well. But to me, the fun stuff really relies in the branding and the strategy. And and now in today's day and age, the reason I think personal branding, it's interesting with personal branding because there was a time when social media first was kind of born and came out, everyone kind of hid who, what they were really into. Yeah. Or you blocked your profile from work and things like that. And now I tell people very often, like, I don't really use Google when I'm looking for like talent and marketing, or I want to find something that's related to culture or society. I look on Instagram before I go to Google. If I want to find a good graphic designer, if I want to look for really anything, I'm looking for someone who's creating content and telling me that they're really doing this or into that. Um, and I think that's really interesting. So I think now we're kind of at a state where now, if you looked at like what's happening on LinkedIn, LinkedIn behavior is performing a lot more like, um, like like Facebook and Instagram as far as people sharing and doing more, people more visiting and posting. Where it used to be like I'll just connect and add that person to my network and yeah. never talk to them again. Yeah. Now people are creating content, they're telling stories, and they're doing a little bit more. Um, that being said, a lot of people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to express themselves and. You know, one thing that I've always been good at is giving people constructive, constructive advice and telling them what they can do, getting them, getting them to find ways to kind of believe in themselves. And I've kind of, kind of, you know, FLG myself kind of starting to niche down and do that with personal branding, really, you know, learning like, hey, what are your goals? What do you want to do? You know, what's your skill set? What have you already done? And figuring out a way to curate that online and let people know, um, you know, for me, as my brand, you know, people know that I'm in a mixed martial arts um, you know, they know I'm from Ohio, um, former educator, you know, love sports, love hip hop and music. So like really with my personal brand, I kind of stay in those five or six different lanes. And although those things are separate, but related, but I'm able to attract attention from different audience that I can somehow then leverage in a business. And everyone can do that no matter 
no matter what their type of into, what their skill set is or things like that, if you create content and you put out your word and your messaging, you know, the whole adage, you know, find your tribe, um, your tribe will find you. You know, because once again, people are gravitating, people are looking for that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it's interesting that you said um, the, all the areas that, that define you, because nobody's one thing. Right, right. And I've, I've seen people often, they said, well, all right, well, I, I open an Instagram account because I, I do some photography on the mm -hmm. side. Well, how do I marry that together with the other things that I'm doing? And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure you've come across that a lot. And, and how do you bridge that gap between all of the other areas of who you are mm -hmm. into a single platform like Instagram or yeah. even any of the others that you use? You know, I think part of the reason sometimes it's hard for people to put their stuff out there, myself included, I, I very much try to be an open book lately on digital and on Instagram because, you know, you see a lot of stuff online on social media that looks just a little too polished. Yeah. And I'm living this perfect life and this and that. Or if I very much try to put myself out there and be honest with my ups, downs, strengths, failures and everything. And I believe that's organic. And I believe that's what people most resonate with. You know what I mean? I've had people just DM me and ask me for you know help or kind of come forward with some things. And then also businesses reach out for help just because I've had an honest storytelling throughout my stuff. Like I've never deleted anything from my social media or anything. Like I think it's all kind of part of our story and our journey. But um to kind of go back a little bit to your, your original question, I think it's just a matter of honestly just having confidence in yourself. I think a lot of times people don't put things out on social because we all have our own insecurities in a way. And sometimes people are afraid to like just be themselves or put that stuff out online. When instead, if they would kind of express those insecurities or would express the things that they're going through, once again, people who have similar issues or can identify or can relate to that, they're going to gravitate and go on to that. You know, and people like to work in a roof for people that they can identify and do stuff with. So I've very much taken the kind of the, the outlook on social media that like I'm going to put stuff out there that I that I feel and really believe in. And I'm not really going to hide who I am um, as a person, you know, within your obviously we all have our own brand guidelines. You need to be professional and things like that. But like if you don't like Ohio, you can't really mess with me. Like, I, you, know, <laughs> like you know, or you don't like sports or this or that. Like, this is what I'm into. This is what I'm about. And. I just really tried to do that. And I think a lot of other people can. So I've been trying to help people to do, honestly, be more comfortable and be more proud of themselves when they're kind of igniting a personal brand. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're saying is is to be authentic online for who you really are. And that, in turn, actually ends up creating your personal brand. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that you've seen it, too. Maybe sometimes people have tried so hard to be perfect in so many things yeah. that it comes out looking fake yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. you know and uh, i think you need good photography i think you should have that but like uh, you should also take a bad selfie with your friends in a moment you know what i mean if you're yeah. if you're doing something or just express yourself in the same way also no one wants to be sold 24 7 you know there's a difference between branding and, and selling you yeah. know what i mean so like i've been in the mode where you know i'm gonna we're gonna we might i might sell face to face and we might talk and we might chat but like I don't have a lot of call to action through my personal branding things for much. I'm just letting you know what I'm up to, what I'm into, and at scale, and then also cross-pollinating and connecting with different people who are doing similar things. And that's what self has brought me a lot of opportunities by just going, like, literally my mantra with FLMG is, like, we, we help businesses raise their flag. I very much try to plant my flag in a variety of spaces throughout my career and then just kind of see who attracts and who kind of comes to that. Yeah, that's awesome. Great, great words for everybody listening there. You know, take that to heart. Now, you made the jump from football to MMA, mm -hmm. MMA uh, to educator, 
right? Well, educator yeah. while in MMA, yeah, right, and then right. uh, now entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So you decided to start an, a, an agency from yeah. the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? So yeah, I have to give, I have to give some credit, credit to my partner Kate. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my story about uh, story FLNG. Um, my partner uh, Kate Lamb Shoemaker. Um, she originally helped start FLNG. Um, in 2016 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She had previously worked for the McCann Agency in New York, which is, you know, global. If anyone's watched Mad Men, that's like the great white buffalo to them. Yeah. Um, got recruited by her now mentor, uh, her mentor then, um, to start FLNG, successful and profitable. Then the team just kind of broke up. People started going their separate ways. Kate came back to Colorado. She's very much our, uh, she's our managing director, very much research and strategy driven, all of her analytical type of stuff. And, we're just we're perfect polar opposites of one another. But um, I was honestly looking around just for opportunities, and she put a thing out on AngelList like, "Hey, you know, I do a lot of brand strategy. Once again, the research and strategy stuff kind of kind of spoke." And I'm definitely a biz dev, creative connector kind of person, so it was a good match. So we had a little bit of existing brand and footprint. But Kate came from the traditional ad agency background. You know what I mean? Like I said, McCann, and then also production and things like that. Been at it, you know, a little over a year and a half now, or year year plus or so, and it, it's been great. It's been the best thing I've ever done. Um, it's very rewarding and satisfying, and to me, you know, it's very much process driven. Like, you know, everyone sees the fight going back to MMA. Everyone sees you get your hand raised, and you know, for me, a flying knee or this or that. They don't see the work. They don't see how many times I threw that flying knee in practice, or I did this or I did that. And same thing with building a business. They don't see the work and the meetings and the this and the that. Right now, was this entre- entrepreneurship in general? You know, you see this the planes and that jet life and all that kind of stuff. And I don't if if that is a possibility, I don't know of it yet. Like I don't know anyone really doing that in real entrepreneurship in the Denver metro area. But um, where I'm going with this is like it's 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 very MMA and sports prepared me for entrepreneurship. Um, I know everyone's not a sports person, but I think everyone should taste athletics or expose their kids to athletics because all of life's lessons for me so far, like I haven't ran into anything in life or in business that I didn't already see in some different shape or form in sports. So I've very much kind of been built for it. And now it's just a long extended training camp of just process of just taking meetings and connecting with people and forming relationships and things like that as I'm building it. So I'm just looking at this as a long form training camp as I'm kind of building this business. And then, you know, you know, I'll decide when I've won. I don't know what that really <laughs> means, but I'll just keep working to get there. Yeah, that's excellent. I Somebody once asked me when I started JMC Brands, mm-hmm. uh, or they, they said, well, that must be great to set your own schedule. And I said, I haven't set my own schedule right. since the day I had a client. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it just, it doesn't go like that. The other day, um, I was looking at my calendar. I looked at like just 30 days of what I've been doing. And obviously some, you know, some meetings fall off and sometimes things don't connect. But I looked for 30 days between, uh, um, you know, July and August, I had 50 hours of face-to-face meetings booked. Wow. I've just connect. I mean, that's super important to me. You know, speed and everyone's time is precious. You know what I mean? But I believe in like, you know, you know micro speed, macro patience. And so I try to hustle and do day to day and do as much as I can because I believe that the small micro speed is helpful to get you there in the long run of everything. So rather than do a, you know, a phone call with you and we email back and forth and then we do a phone call and then we decide to meet, I'm like, let's just meet and sit down. I'm going to find out if we can do business together or not within the first 15 minutes. We're going to figure out if we mesh. So that's kind of been my strategy is really just connecting people and trying to like, I really believe in the, in the giving, you know what I mean? From a karma standpoint, giving, just putting better things in the world things kind of circle back and come around, you know, to you. 
Yeah. There's a, a book called The Go-Giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, uh, from the first time that I met you, uh, yeah. that book was in my mind just from meeting you because in the interactions that we've had even over a short period of time, right, right. Uh, there were 50 different uh, connections that, yeah. that you, oh, you know what, you could do this and I can do yeah. this for you and everything. It's just, there, there was, you're a very selfless person, which obviously yeah. uh, is, is a great quality. And I'm sure that you've, you've found in business that uh, it's not always, like you said, it, just like online, it's not all about sales. It's yeah. about, it's about connections and helping people and such. So definitely, definitely. Uh, along those lines, um, strategic partnerships, um, specifically in the marketing industry, mm-hmm. how important are those to building your business? I think it's everything. I think strategic partnerships are, are, are the key to everything. But I just think very often people don't really understand the give and take in the strategic partnership or how to really, how to really leverage them, you know, and things like that. So for instance, even like, I'll, I'll give a real example. Like I'm looking at, I have a potential client who's a classic cocktail bar. Um, that needs some, 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 just any business, like any kind of cocktail bar. And so I started looking around, I'm like, okay, you guys need content. Let me reach out to one of my photographer buddies. This photographer buddy is also starting a business called Culinary Beats in which they do like five course pairings paired to like EDM music and like fine dining and things like that. And so it's like, all right, well this, they fit each other, you know, kind of the brand and the style. So it's like, okay. I'm going to bring you two together. And so hopefully we can get something kind of figured out. And so then from there, they get to like activate their brand in a good space with the food and music parents and all of that. And then, oh, great. He's also a photographer, so he can shoot the content for you and he can do this and he can do that. And then that's an example of a strategic partnership where I don't, I'm not really benefiting from it, but I'm just going to put you two together. Like neither one of them are official clients of mine or anything like that, but like, I know they can kind of grow. And I think it's just a lot of little things like that at scale that can really help help people you know what i mean uh obviously in the ad world a lot of agencies kind of do some back and forth between the digital work or the branding or things like that but um just in general just in business in general if you kind of work more together like more doors can open up you know what are you trying to get into what are you going to okay i know this person i know that person he or she can help you or she can help you and it just expands everyone's network i'm a big believer in your network is your net worth um and so I've just really tried to like model that behavior and, and just kind of continually move forward with that. Yeah. That's, that's gold right there. Your yeah. network is your net worth. That's trying, awesome. Trying. That is phenomenal. Um, you know, so what are you working on these days? What's, what's next yeah. for you? Um, so I was in town. So it's, it's weird how everything kind of just happens. Like I, I, I've been telling people, I kind of really don't believe in the, like the term or the idea of serendipity of this. Like, Oh, look, this is very sick. Lately, people have said to me, this is very serendipitous that we're meeting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this isn't luck. Like, I work every day to create these relationships and the way I move and the way I work and the way I pivot. So a perfect example of this is, like, part of the reason that I'm in Ohio is um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, you know, Cleveland rapper, had his annual EST Fest, um, you know, down in Butler, Ohio. So I had met a college student uh, who's at CU Boulder. Um, I've actually found him on Instagram. So this is funny how this all works. Looking around on Instagram, and I saw a picture of someone in a LeBron jersey on his page. And so I commented, I said, hey, you should come down to Stoney. So it's like, this is a bar I do the marketing for. Come down to one of my Cavs parties, blah, blah, blah. So we start DMing. And he's like, oh, that was a picture of a rapper I took, but I do photo. I'm like, oh, I need events for photos sometimes. So stayed in touch. He's, you know, he's a now 20-year-old college kid. Stayed in touch, stayed connecting, things like that. Finally met and whatnot. And I was like, hey, um, Machine Gun Kelly and those guys are coming to Global Dance Fest. I can probably get you a pass in Denver. It's at the Broncos Stadium. You know, 
come hang out, you know? So he comes there, shoots some content, good photos. He meets those guys. And, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid with 8,000 on his Instagram, 9,000 on his Instagram. Like, he's a high-level hip-hop rap photographer. So we build a relationship. He starts helping with my personal brand, starts helping with some of my clients. A week or two later, <clears throat> the festival's coming on. I go, hey, I really need to get my car fixed. I got a $2,500 quote here in Denver. <laughs> you know, I want to get you out to this festival. I'm going to drive it. If you want to go, I got an opportunity to introduce you. You can meet some people. So he gets in the car with me and we go. You know, we drive from Colorado, which is like the sixth time I've done it, to Denver. So wow. we get to Denver. I mean, we get to Ohio, excuse me, and we head to the music festival with a buddy of mine who recently graduated med school and all that. We get there, and, you know, I'm taking him there just because I know, like, his dream is to shoot rappers and so like, be in that type of content. And I'm going to go there. You know, I, I built a relationship with playing like, MGK's, you know, himself and the band and some people around there. But I'm going there to have fun. Maybe there's some business that comes out of it. Maybe there's not. Um, but more importantly, I'm, I'm giving this kid value and I'm giving him an opportunity to do something to better his career. Well, fortunately, I end up uh, meeting my buddy Josh Taylor, who's the marketing director for Six Inch uh, Six Inch uh, Furniture and Designs. They're kind of they are a um, a um, uh, furniture company um, that's very pop culture and artsy centric and things like that. And now they're probably about to become one of our biggest clients. Long story short, and it's because I decided like. You know, once again, I put out Ohio content. I'm all about Ohio. I found a random page of the guy with LeBron jersey on. I find out what he's really about. We build a relationship. Hey, come with me. You know, let's go do this, that, and the other. My buddy Jimmy comes with me because it's like an $800 RV rental. And I'm like, hey, dude, we split this with me. You know, <laughs> meet a client. You know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. And just good things just kind of happening. Like some people call that serendipity. And it's like, no, no, I've, I've branded myself and attached myself to Ohio for a reason for forever, you know. I'm always digging in comments and I have that paper trail on Instagram for a reason so people can kind of see what I'm up to and see what I'm about. And once again, like, hey, I'm just going to take this kid to this festival and hope it goes well for him. And then I met somebody who now they're coming to Denver and looking to build and grow their brand out of Denver. And then they also have connections to the guys in Cleveland. So we're going to start doing some events and some marketing activations in Cleveland. And so for some people, it would be like, oh, you know, drove 21 hours to this, this or that. And to me, I'm like, well, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Like I didn't know that was going to happen, but I knew something would happen. Yeah. Luck and favors I, the prepared, huh? Yeah. Luck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. was it? Preparation meets opportunity or, you know, yeah. luck is that. So, yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So really trying to get deeper into music. Um, would love to do more personal branding and kind of strategy for artists. Really trying to get in the hospitality, the restaurant, the sports bar spaces, things like that. Also starting to do like some um, stuff in like the software, the tax and things like that. And really just hundred miles and running a lot of different ways. Once again, with just the opportunities and the experiences I've had personally, it allows me to grab onto different types of things in business, you know, cause I have a little bit of experience or I know someone who's got a lot of experience, you know what I mean? So I just kind of, once again, try to connect them for the greater good. See yeah. What happens with it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that one of the important things that a lot of people kind of miss these days is that st sitting behind a computer or behind a phone is mm -hmm. only part of the equation. Right. Uh, you said you had 50 hours of face-to-face -face meetings and being out in the world yeah. and face-to-face yeah. -face with people that builds relationships that builds your network, which builds your net worth. Right. And, um, it all, it all plays together. Yeah. I think <clears throat> so. people, the good thing about technology is it bring technology, you know, it brings people together if you use it and correct it right. Like, you know, or use it, use it properly. Like I use Instagram to connect and to meet more people that I know are in the same 
you know, fields or areas that have the same passions and interests are just to find them, to find them. Some of my team that I've that I built through FLNG are people that I found on Instagram because they were creating content, they were using the right hashtags, and that tells me, like, okay, they're mentally engaged in what's happening in 2018. Yeah. Right now, if you if you tell me, like, I've met people before who are content creators, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, what's your Instagram? I'm asking for people's Instagrams before I ask for their emails sometimes. Really? Because I'm going to see for what I'm doing right now, if you're not actively in that space and pushing stuff, then like it makes me question how we can work together because you don't maybe you're missing the value or that's value that I'm giving to clients or that I just need in general. So um, it's not necessarily judging people by that because like listen, our FLNG account like we're terrible on our social right now because we're busy with everything, <laughs> you know. So I get that, but um, I kind of just look, I look at that as a kind of a a measuring stick, you know, with certain certain individuals or people as far as what they're doing and if their energy is really going there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in 2018, resumes are, are old school, right? Their Instagram feed is their resume these it's days. A, it's a, it's a, to, me, the, to me, depending on what space you're in, your Instagram is your cover letter. Yeah. I think it's the cover letter. You know what I mean? Obviously, then you, and that gets you into the talk of wanting them, them wanting to see your resume, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All this stuff is great. Yeah. Brian, thanks so much for coming out here today. Um, no share with the audience. Uh, how can they find you online? How can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, you know, um, honestly, um, I'm a terrible texter, terrible texter now, but, uh, Brian at FLG agency is my email. If you're hearing this, you got a question, you want to chat, please hit me up. Um, at on Instagram at B Raj, the predator, uh, is my personal, um, and then for our agency is at uh, is at you know at FLG dot agency on that, but just um, you know on our website you know it's uh, FLG FLG agency you know dot com as well. So, Excellent, and we'll have right. that we'll have that written out in text form too, so you can easily Appreciate click it. it. And uh, you know, Brian, thank you so much for coming. You you brought a lot of value today, and I hope that everyone's paying really good attention and taking lots of notes. I know that I took a lot of mental notes, and uh, as soon as we're done, I'm going to have to go write them down so oh, I don't good. miss them. I appreciate uh, but it. thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. To learn more, follow us online at summitup.biz. If you found value in this podcast, please leave us a review. See you next time.